Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And we're not joined by Jamie today because we are recording uh, after the um, Friday night games and Jamie is, is at Stoke or will currently be on his way back from Stoke. So uh, it's just the two of us this evening. But uh, Dan, how are you? Yeah, all good. Um still fighting against this cold, so I'm <laughs> trying not to lose my voice. Um, another entertaining week in the championship. A few benchings, <laughs> a few players scoring goals who we've taken out, and um, a few goals with crazy assists. So, yeah, a lot of entertaining things to talk about in the championship like there is most weeks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, the the games are sort of coming thick and fast at the moment, and we did predict some some rotation. It was like I was sort of skeptical about how bad it would be, and you know, it bit me with a couple of players. But all in all, it wasn't actually that bad. And I think some of it will see sort of, you know, it makes the next game week slightly clearer, if anything, with some of them as well, which I think is the positive for us to take out of it. Um. But in terms of how we did this week, um, I think we both ended up with the same net score. So uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, go first. So it's 78 minus 8. Um, so I took a minus 8 and brought in Zorori, Pookie and Stewart for Swift, DK and Pedro. Um, Zorori uh, was on the bench. After starting the previous 10 games he had been available for, other than the World Cup games, um, he did come off the bench for a one-pointer. Um, Pookie, I made the vice-captain. Uh, he got an assist this evening. And Ross Stewart came off, off the bench and scored a penalty. Um, I think uh, about five minutes after he came on. So uh, so that was handy. Um, and Swift got an assist, but otherwise that, that really didn't burn me with Swift and DK both starting on the bench and Pedro being injured. Um, apart from them, I had Wilson for six, O'Shea for six, Jones was on the bench, of course, he came on for a one-pointer, Bree eight, Amatodzic four, I captained Ndjai for 26, at Brownhill for seven, uh, Pookie vice-captain, which was 13, uh, Victor for two, and Stuart for four. So uh, the ranks haven't updated yet this evening. Um, it was a small red arrow. After the Thursday games, I'm hoping to get that back uh, this evening, uh, based, primarily based on Pookie. Um, but we'll see. Um, how did the week go for you? Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, I finished on 70, 74 minus 4. Um, my transfers were Giles and Stewart in for Kamara and Pedro, so... I made up on that, and obviously we found out Pedro's going to be out for us about six weeks. Um, captain NDI for 26, vice-captain Victor. Um, emergency was Akpom. Uh, pretty similar to you for the rest of the team. Wilson, six. Giles, four. Jones, one. Pre eight. Armatodovic, four. Jud Wallace, six. I had Diallo for 10, so finally got a return from him. And Stuart for four. Um, overall, pretty happy. I do have Brownhill seven on the bench as first sub, but it was really between him and Diallo, so I'm, I'm probably up. So, yeah, overall, it feels 
about average game week, maybe a bit up. Um, I also didn't have any players playing today, which was really weird. So, um, and I think the Bernie, they didn't haul, but they, they probably got enough to sort of catch me up. And Pookie, who was brought in more than I thought he would be, um, he returned as well. So, yeah, overall, I'm happy, happy with my team going forward. High chance I just rolled, to be honest. Yeah, clearly uh, quite a few people listening to the pod got swayed by my enthusiasm about Pookie. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'll just cover the pod team briefly. Uh, not as good a week. I think we've come third this week. Uh, 62 minus four. You had Johansson for one in goal. Jones, one. Bree, eight. Amadodzic, four. We bought Ian Matson for five. We also bought Zaruri, one. And Jai captain. We had Wallace and Swift uh, for 11 combined. Uh, Akpom, two. And we vice captain Victor for three. We did have Sims's 10 pointer sat on the bench. But uh, yeah, not a great week. But, you know, we'll uh, we'll pick it back up again in the next, in the next one. Uh, which is coming back around very quickly, uh, hence why we're recording straight after the games on Friday. Um, but without further ado, we'll get into some of the games. Um, and the first one, um, I'm, I'll certainly be handing over to you for this one, is QPR nil, Luton 3. So Dan, talk to us about this one. Yeah, so um, happy with this result, as you can imagine. Uh, QPR couple of bits of news. Chair started first um his first start since returning from the World Cup. Uh, Willock was benched, which was a surprising. Um and they sort of came on for each other, so um I don't know if it's managing minutes or, or whatever. Uh for Luton it was pretty much the two changes I thought going into the game. Bell and Cornet came in for Osho and Adebayo. Um, Adebayo was a doubt he was on the bench but didn't come on uh, this resulted in Bree going to right centre back and doubt he played right wing back out of position a uh, couple of p- key players for Luton were Morris who scored two goals and an assist and doubt he was probably a goal of the season contender and uh, had an assist for him so yeah the main difference in this game was probably the two number nines. Um, Morris played really well and Dykes missed a big chance at 2-0, which could have changed the game. Um, but yeah, Luton were good. Uh, Bree got his eight points, which is always nice. And um, definitely looking at Morris and Doughty going forward, I think. Okay, yeah, I mean, I did, I did have a look at Luton's fixtures. Um, obviously, yeah. um, I, <laughs> I, uh, I don't think uh, I, I somehow managed to. I think top my Bradshaw tip when I said that Carlton Morris would be the top scorer in this game, um, yeah. although he nearly wasn't. Uh, he only outscored Doughty by three points. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did have a look at one point at Luton's fixtures. Problem is, um, I. Uh, I don't think it will work for me in terms of replacing the strikers I've got unless one of them moves, um, as in is yeah. sold. Then I I don't see myself changing it at the moment. Um, but yeah, very impressed with Luton in that game. Obviously, you talk about the Doughty goal. That was obviously the headline. Um, 
a little bit of concern for QPR, I think, as well. Um, you know, Luton were very good, but um, I thought at times they were a little bit aimless. I thought they were quite easy to play against. Luton sat quite deep, and Dykes, Dykes is an option in the air, and Lockyer had to played quite well against him, I thought, overall. But they don't get enough players in the box. At times, yeah. it was just Dykes in the box. And I know they keep putting in some great crosses from Laird or Powell or Chair or, or, or something like that. But there'd be a couple of times where it'd flash across the box and you're like, for yeah. Luton, we'd, ha- we'd have like a Campbell or a Clark or, or something like that. But they... Yeah, I mean, and and that was the thing. You had different players supporting the attack throughout the game. Like, I think early on, um, Mpanzu was was getting up and uh, supporting the attack. Then as it went on, it was Campbell and it was, you know, Doughty and it was, you know, Bell and it was, um, you know, it it was constantly sort of almost rotating and, you know, multiple of them would be getting up and involved in the attack. And like you say, I think... There were too many times where you, you know QPR players looked up and they were hoping to hit the perfect ball to Dykes because yeah. he was basically the only option. Um, so a little bit concerned for them, but you know, I think I think it was a tough game. Um, so so a lot of people still have power and like he's on some set pieces. Yeah, I think that and... was that was a big thing that I took away from that game was that yeah, he was on um, some of the set pieces. So I. Uh... Like, I think he's an option, but there's yeah. no way... Like, I've had him a few weeks now, and he, he's been on my bench for weeks. Like, I'm happy with it, but he's not starting over Bree, Giles, Jones, Amatodvich, Madsen, so... Yeah, and I think you have to right. look at it, like, the, the upcoming games for them, it's Sheffield United at home, Reading away, Swansea at home, Hull away is the next four. Because some, some chances there of... Assists and goals, yeah. and so I think I think that's the thing to balance out. Obviously, you look at this coming game week, and it's it's Sheffield United. Odds are you're going to be looking to avoid playing him in that game. Um, yeah. No, maybe not. Maybe you sort of, you know, it's not the worst thing. I mean, Sheffield United will come to them later, but it's not like they were totally secure against Blackpool. But um, I I would I certainly wouldn't be looking to play a QPR player against Sheffield United this week, with the exception of. Uh, the people who either kept chair or have gone to him early, like that's fine. Otherwise, yeah. you know, you've probably got them on your bench this week and then you've probably got two or three game weeks coming up where you'll be looking to play them. So I wouldn't be rushing to sell them. Uh, like you say, on the Luton side, um, Bree got bonus, even though he was playing right centre back. Doughty, I think, like you say, is an option. Um, he's a defender, isn't he? Um, as well, which is the big thing. Yeah, but we still need to wait and see though what yeah. happens. Burke, I think, is back Burke, soon. Burke's, Burke's very close. I think when I saw he's back in training. Yeah, um, so, so I wonder if it, if we he plays the FA Cup game, yeah. um, and then Bree will go back to right wing back. But yeah. it, it will be what does he do with Bell and Doughty? Like who gets that slot? Yeah, I mean you've got to think like after this next game. Um, Osho's available Burke will probably be available by the next game so that's two right-sided centre-backs 
you probably don't need Bree there anymore. You can push him back to wing back. And so then, yeah. like you say, it becomes interesting in terms of what happens there. But uh, Doughty could be an option. Um, I think you probably want whichever one is playing on that side, whether it's Bell or Doughty. I think they're both good options. Yeah. Um, but Bree's the main one. And then Morris. Like, um, it doesn't goals, even matter. Who's, five assists. Yeah, it doesn't even matter who's playing up front with him either. Like, you know, He's first choice. There will be the odd game where he might get rested, but he's first choice by a mile. Yeah. Um, But we'll move on to our next game, which is uh, Blackpool 1, Sheffield United 2, speaking of them. Um, I watched this game live. Obviously, the big news for that was... um, particularly from Jamie's point of view, it's a shame he's not here, uh, was uh, Jaden Bogle came into the starting lineup. Um, Robinson came in for Egan. Um, and Ender Stevens came back in for Lowe, which was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, a bit annoying, that one. Um, but still watching them, I still don't think Ender Stevens should should be ahead of him. I don't think it's a, he's a, a good enough option there. But um, but yeah, I thought Sheffield United looked really, really good for a while, and then it, you know, Blackpool came into it, back into it a little bit, um, which which was, you know, frustrating. But like, particularly with them conceding, but I think it was it was probably fair, and Sheffield United was still the better team. Um, Berger with the first goal, um, and then McAtee with the, an incredible goal. Like, um, you know, I'd sort of mentioned him and he'd been doing well, and then that's just sort of carrying it, sort of, you know, seventy yards or whatever before finishing it. Um, one of the luckiest assists you're ever going to see for Ndi, just sort of laying it off for him. Yeah, it's up there with Fields, isn't it? At the start of the yeah. season. Field for Willock, where it's a little, yeah. just a little pass, and he goes and scores a worldie. Um, better assist from him, into, particularly in terms of the deliberate nature for the first goal for Berger. Uh, big Marv got a goal back for Blackpool, but um, yeah, I think the big thing with Sheffield United is, you know, an increasing number of those players. You can sort of see who's going to play, and they really are sort of putting their hands up. Um, I know Jamie's very excited about Bogle, um, and he was sort of very. I did watch Jaden Bogle's post-game interview, and he was sort of very, you know, enthusiastic about being back, and um, I think that would be big for him. And um, McAtee again, I think that that attack, even even with Billy Sharp there, I think that um, you know it might be slightly better with McBurney, but with Ndi and McAtee with a striker. Even just that three looks really good. Then when you've got the likes of Berger going up and joining them, and the wing backs, um, you can you can see sort of the real quality there, um, which I think is big for them. Um, on the Blackpool side, I think they could take encouragement from this because I think they really did threaten one of the best teams in the league, and really did make them work and make them defend. Um, and so if they can do that against Sheffield United. You would hope they can do that against some of the, you know, worst teams in the league. Which, when you're talking about worse teams than Sheffield United, that's most of the teams in the league. You'd think that 
this should give them a confidence boost that they really can sort of threaten um you know a lot of the teams in the league if they if they get it right um so yeah i think both teams will come out of it feeling relatively positive um i don't know if you have any other thoughts on assets or this game itself um i think we've mentioned before the assets that we think will be starters um armadovic norwood and and di look like the key players and i'd love to go for one of those wing backs but it's just gonna be so much rotation just can't go there at the minute with the options from other teams yeah i mean i think you know jamie it was only going to take like you know um you know, 20 good minutes from Bogle and he was going to be in, but uh, he did look very good. And I think that there is an additional element that he brings to the team. Um, so hopefully he plays more games because um, I do think it's it's better for them when he's in there. Um, but we'll move on from them to our, to our next game, uh, which is uh, Blackburn 1, Middlesbrough 2. Stan, uh, talk to us about this one. Yeah, so Blackburn were unchanged. Uh, Borough made a couple of changes. Um, Isaiah Jones was the frustrating one for a lot of managers. Um, him and Watmore uh, were rested and Force and McGree came back in. And uh, Force got a goal and assist in this match. So Agpon's been getting all the headlines, really, and stood up uh, in this game um, and then we hit, they were 1-0 down uh, Middlesbrough they got it back to 1-0 and then Barkley got sent off for it. it's ridiculous <laughs> this is never ever a red card and the worst thing is it's going to be for three games He's ba- I don't know if, it, if anyone hasn't watched it he's basically what was it tapped the, uh, um, I, was tr- I was trying to think of the perfect word because you say he throw, did... but he doesn't really throw the ball. Yeah. He he almost literally like bounces the ball off the back of McGree's head. It's, um, it's the yellow card at most. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but we had one earlier on in the season when it Robinson. That... Yeah, I mean that one. That one was worse in part because he goes up to him and like throws the ball in his face. Um, yeah. But, See, I didn't even think that was a red No, card. but that that one was prob- that one was worse, and it was stupider. Like this one is still really stupid, but like yeah. even I, who you know argued for Robinson being sent off, can't really argue for Buckley being sent off here. It's just it's just crazy. Um, and the worst thing is when he does it, the ref has his back to him. So it's like, how have they decided it's a red card? Yeah. Um, like I said, the funny thing is, it's going to be three games, and they're not going to get it overturned. So, um, no, I mean, what would the argument even be? Sort of like you know, excessive punishment. Like, it depends. the refs probably put it down as like violent conduct or something. Yeah, I suppose you like could that. argue it's not violent. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Barra showed that that they're going to be in the playoffs. I think and. There were different people getting the goals and assists here. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to with Jones, Giles, and Akpon. Um, 
So yeah, it's just one of those games where Jones has played a lot of minutes. Yeah. Crazy schedule when he he gets benched. So I wouldn't worry about that. I'm pretty sure he comes straight back in the team. Um, a few people were annoyed bringing in Akpon, and of course he didn't return. But um, I think he'll he'll do fine. Um, yeah, I'm quite happy with them, and I'm happy to ignore Blackburn because. They're going to drop to mid-table, I think. Yeah, I mean, the most important stat did continue in terms of Blackburn not drawing a game this season. That's now 25 without a draw. It's um, going to be disappointing when he gets to the last game of the season and they draw, isn't it? I can totally imagine it gets late and we're sort of saying, like, oh my God, this can continue. And then uh, and then they finally draw a game. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that... Blackburn, aside from Brereton Diaz, I mean, we've said I'd still be waiting for the the goal to come um, because, you know, he tends to go on runs. So uh, it's almost waiting for that first one to come. Um, Barra, I think, Jones, Giles, Akpom and Force, I think. I think, you know, he's he's going to be up front as well. I think that, that force and Akpom sort of attack is going to be um, the main thing going forward. And so I do think, like, you know, it's not just recency bias. I still think Akpom is probably the better pick of the two, but I do think force is an option as well um, in terms of uh, the two strikers. And if people sort of think maybe they've missed Akpom's points, but they still want a part of that attack or whatever, then maybe force is the way to go. Um, but we will move on from them and go to our next game, which was Wigan 1, Sunderland 4. Um, so obviously, you know, Ross Stewart, a very popular purchase this week. Um, we'd seen one or two sort of rumours earlier in the day that he wasn't going to start. Uh, the lineups came out and uh, he wasn't in there. Um, you know, a little bit of a change around for them. They They had some uh, issues defensively in terms of the injuries there. Um, so they ended up, I think, lining up with a back three of Ballard, Bailey, Wright and Luke 9 um, with then Hume and uh, Jack Clark as wing-backs. Um, and Sims came in up front, Mishu came in in midfield um, and Barr came in in the attack as well. Um, so they did sort of freshen it up a bit. Um Sims obviously, you know, got a goal. I think, I think it was close range, and uh, you know, it, it does seem that in any given game you want the Sunderland striker. Um, they they do seem to get get the goals. I mean, uh, the one sort of concern I guess with Sims would be, will Everton recall him actually with the striker issues they're having? You know they could do much worse than Ellis Sims at the moment, um, so I think that that would be a slight concern there. Um, and Will Keane scored just before half time, shocker from the goalkeeper. Um, and then uh, the magic moment, I think it was four minutes after coming on, Stewart scores the penalty. And my favourite detail from this game is uh, Alex Pritchard, who came on with him uh, five uh, five minutes before the penalty. Sorry, um, came on five minutes uh i don't think he did a great deal um and this was his return from injury and uh got injured in the celebrations of stuart scoring the penalty and went off again 
<laughs> so, um, you know, not not great from him. And then obviously uh, they sort of pulled away uh, Roberts with a very good goal and uh, Diallo with a very good goal. And they're playing some really good stuff and they've got those good attacking players. Um, and we, we spoke, early, like you know, almost right at the start of the season about that they could do some damage this season. They're obviously in the playoff places at the moment. You know, the table's very condensed, so they're only a couple of bad games away from being sort of, you know, mid-table again or lower mid-table. Um, but, you know, with, with some genuine quality in that team, which the likes of Diallo bring, um, you know, that, that almost Premier League quality, um, you know, they they could do some real damage. Um, and they, they'll be tough for teams. Um you could argue that some of their fixtures recently have been kind, but you know you can only beat what's put in front of you, and they have done that. So um, all credit to them, really. Um, particularly in terms of assets, what are your thoughts on on Sunderland? Um, it's, it's mainly Stuart. I do have Diallo, and he he's had a, a great run of form. Uh, seven attacking returns in the last ten. Uh, I think six were goals. Um, I do have him, and going into this game week, they had Wigan, and then they've got Blackpool next, and I was like, I'll probably get rid of him. Um, and I still might, just to maybe get another team's talisman. Um, but I'm in, I'm in no rush at the minute. Um, but Stuart, Stuart's the main one, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's come on and scored the penalty. Um I'm I'm happy. I bought him this week. I'm happy to have him. Um, the only slight concern would be about whether he he leaves in January. Um, you just sell him, though, don't you? Yeah, it, I, I'm just, I'm very much at a point of just um, crossing that bridge when I come to it, um, and not worrying about it till then. Um, he's also reliable and consistent yeah. for those armbands, and you know he's going to play. I know he. But it, it sounded like he was was never going to play all three of these games, so it was. But when it the fixtures spread out a bit and he gets fitness, he's going to play. Yeah, eighty plus minute most most game weeks, I think. Yeah, and no, um, in terms of just to, just further, I've seen a, a, a report from Paul Joyce who works for the Times saying that Frank Lampard has said he is strongly considering recalling other sims to boost Everton's attacking options so uh, that might be a positive for Ross Stewart but a negative obviously for sims owners but you would assume they go out and get another striker they won't want to leave themselves with him as the only striker um, he'll still play the majority but you want someone there um, as a backup um, but potentially positive for him obviously in the in the short term in terms of you know slightly more assurance of minutes but I'm not sort of scared off by him being benched in this game if anything you know sort of looking ahead to the next game um, I think we have a question about captains um, captaincy picks for the next game week he's one of the, the top ones now with that with not starting that game um, but we'll move on to the next game which uh, wasn't going to be in the feature section uh, until the result <laughs> and uh I'm sure you'll be only too happy to talk about this one after getting to talk about Luton's big win, is Watford's big defeat. Uh, Swansea 4, Watford 0. 
Dan, talk to us about this one. Yeah, so um, obviously the main news, I'll go from mainly talking about Watford, and I know that that sounds a bit bad because Swansea won 4 0, but a lot of the, the players we were after or, or selling came from Watford. Yeah. Um, I got rid of Pedro and Kamara. Kamara obviously uh, still has two games after this uh, band. And Pedro's out for six weeks, so no brainers to get rid. Uh, they changed formation, went to three at the back because they have a lot of centre backs. Uh, they had Gaspar in at right wing back, and they're moving Gakia to the left. Uh, moved Sar up front with Davis, and um, it was a pretty even game up until uh, just before half time when Swansea scored. Uh, Piero got his first goal of the night. He ended up with two. But some of the goals they were conceding were for just no urgency to close down or, or anything like that. And They've already lost, got a few key players out. Sars not interested. Um, so I struggled to see how they score goals. Um, they're just... A massive avoid at the minute, Watford, until probably Pedro comes back, to be honest. Um, Swansea, I, I, did, I did look at Ryan Manning um, going into this game week, but they were he was behind like Giles and Madsen uh, and their fixtures weren't overly kind. Um, this Swansea side had... Hadn't won in eight games in the league, so it's it's not like Watford were playing a team full of confidence or anything like that. They've been this team hadn't, like I mentioned, hadn't won in eight. So massive worry for Watford. Um, they need the transfer window. They need to sort out Sar, and they need to get some players in. Um, Swansea, if they start hitting form, Piero's obviously always an option, and Manning's. I think Manning's in one of the top-scoring defenders. So they're definitely on the shortlist for when they get a nice run of fixtures. I don't know. Anything to add, Angus? Uh, no, not really. Um, like you say, I think if you were going to go to Swansea, it's probably mainly Piero and Manning, although I do think that you've got a couple of other players that are playing well in that team. But those are the two sort of main ones, I would say. Um and yeah, Watford, it's just sort of, we were already talking about avoiding them. Um, I know uh, Joe Amra Batman was saying when he saw the lineup that um, he was talking about like uh, piling on um, Swansea <laughs> to win. And uh, I said, like, um, I, I don't really have any strong sort of positive feelings or ever towards Watford and that lineup made me feel ill. It just looked horrible. Um, you know, part of it is down to injuries, obviously, particularly with the number of central midfielders they've lost as well. Um, for those asking about the Kamara suspension, it's four games, but one of them is in the FA Cup. So he only serves three in the league, but um, I didn't sell him this week in part because obviously I prioritised those attacking players, but I'll get rid of him even if it's just down to a cheap defender because I just I, I don't even want to see a Watford shirt in my gaffer team at this point. So uh, 
he he'll be straight out for me. Um, but yeah, that that's it really. Um, I don't, I don't really have any any other strong takes. Um, I think they lost another central midfielder today, which uh, I think they're up to six out injured now, um, which will obviously affect them. Um, I think Delhi Bashiru uh, went off injured, which is unfortunate because I think he'd he'd actually been doing all right for them. Um, but yeah, so I think that they're, they're already in a void. And I mean, I, I was talking about in the last pod about P- Pookie's home games. The next one is against Watford. I almost feel like that's a good fixture now. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, definitely avoid them. And the last game, uh, of the sort of feature section I've got is, uh, Norwich one, Reading one. Um, so obviously it was an interesting uh, first lineup uh, for temporary manager Alan Russell. It seemed to be very much based on sort of playing on the front foot. So obviously Kenny McLean sort of almost nominally is the holding midfielder, with the other two being Sara and Nunez, and then all of Sergeant Pookie and Ida playing. And it's Sergeant to the right, Ida to the left, and Pookie through the middle. Um, I thought they probably edged the game. Um, obviously, the the news for Reading, I guess, was playing uh, Joao and Carroll up front together. Um, but I thought Norwich probably edged the game. A um, couple of chances. Pookie was through uh, one-on-one, um, took a heavy touch, and Lumley was out well to smother it. Um, Sergeant then on the rebound, it was cleared off the line. Um bit of a frustrating half for them um they did get the goal not long after half time Ida with a very nice finish um after a, a nod down from Pookie so obviously a nice assist there um and then Reading relatively late on got a penalty uh, which Carroll put away there was a penalty shout for Norwich at the end I haven't seen it back so I'm not sure it looked initially like Pookie might have been pushed in the back but um, without seeing it again, um, I wouldn't like to say too strongly. Um, it would be interesting to see what happens with with Norwich now, um, both in terms of how quickly they they hire a new manager. But it did it didn't feel like the the lineup quite worked. Um, obviously, they're hindered hindered a bit by a a lack of wide players at the club at the moment. Um, but it didn't quite work and. Uh, at one point, I thought Pookie was going to scream at Nunez. Um, there were three or four times where he was he was in. All it needed was a simple pass slid through and he was in. And Nunez stopped or turned or sort of played it backwards or sideways. And at one point, like a move progressed sort of 15, 20 seconds after. And there was a ball that went out for a goal kick and Pookie turned around and did have a go at Nunez. Um which is strange because I, I, I would have thought of him as sort of wanting to push the play forward uh, ordinarily, but that was an issue for them today uh, that I would that I was annoyed at. So I could only imagine how, how annoyed Pookie was at times. Um, they still look a little bit like they can be got at defensively. I mean, Reading almost got through them in like the first minute on a counter-attack and uh, Hanley got booked fouling in. So I... Anyone who's listened to the pods long enough knows I'm really not a fan of Grant Hanley. Um, I don't think he's up to it. And uh, I, I think 
I'm not sure there's enough mobility in a Grant Hanley-Ben Gibson centre-back partnership. Um, if you get people running at them, it can be a problem for them. Um, but I, I think there, there were positive signs. Um, for those who've gone on Pookie, you've obviously got the return. Um, so, you know, I brought him in vice-captain. I'm very happy with that. Um, like I say, I don't think the Watford game next up should be a, a scary one. Um the balance wasn't quite right, but I think they were clearly working on something they hadn't necessarily done before. Um, and until a new manager comes in, you know, maybe like Pookie, fine, Sergeant, maybe. Otherwise, I'd I'd sort of be holding off on them until we sort of get a clearer idea of what they're doing. Um, Reading, it's another point on the board. Um, they were they were only sort of marginally worse, I'd say, than. Um, than Norwich. Um, I felt like Norwich just edged the game, but um, yeah, they came away from a game with a point, and uh, they just keep ticking over. Um, I thought Ince had moments. Um, he's probably still the only one from Reading that I'd be looking at, but I think he's still a very viable option. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add on these teams. Um, I think the only player I'd go to, especially for Norwich, is Pookie. Did debate it, but Wanted to give him a bit of time. Um, Reading, I, I just think there's better options. Uh, it, it will tick over, but yeah, I'm not overly interested of, of these two teams until Norwich get the new manager. We see how they start playing. Yeah, I mean, I looked at one point, I think it was this morning, and the top three favourites for the job were David Wagner. Scott Parker and Steve Bruce, if any of them are in charge, my interest in Norwich goes away <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> but yeah, I do think it could change big time depending on uh, on who's in charge. Um, so that, that'll be big. Um, but, but we'll see. Um, so then we've got the... Uh, the sort of big group of games behind, um, which uh, we've got Stoke nil, Burnley one, Huddersfield two, Rotherham nil, West Brom two, Preston nil, Coventry nil, Cardiff nil, Millwall nil, Bristol City nil, and Birmingham nil, Hull one. Um, anything from these games that you wanted to, to mention, Dan? Um. <clears throat> In the Burnley game, I'd, I'd just like to mention the uh, the rotation. Um, we sort of mentioned it when we were going through mainly your teams, but um, Zahore and J-Rod were rested. Um, I don't think there's anything to be concerned with. Like you mentioned, the previous 10 games, Zahore's been available, he started. Uh, but I just thought I'd mention it as it was a key point. Um, other games, the Coventry game, nothing really about Coventry, but we did find out, uh, well, nothing about the game because it was still ill, but we found out that O'Hare is out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, which does, I'd say it does hurt maybe Victor's ability to score because we know how creative uh, O'Hare is but I won't be getting Vic- oh, 
rid of Victor, especially with the double coming up. Um, Dabo was on the bench. Um, not too much. The rotators rotation for West Brom, so DK and Swift um, bench. So, like I mentioned in the last pod, I'm just going Jed Wallace. Um, he'll probably get rotated at some point, but he, he seems the most nailed out of all of them. Um, and that's mainly it for the teams I'd like to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously you mentioned the Burnley rotation. I think that's fine. And apparently Cholinov wasn't very good who came in for Zorori. Yeah. So I'd assume he gets his, his place straight back. Um, Huddersfield obviously got the win. Uh, just mentioned them briefly. Um, we we have got a question about Huddersfield assets, so I'll cover that them at that point. But uh, obviously big for them to get back-to-back wins. Um yeah, um, a goal for a Stupinian. I tipped him up yeah, as a potential option as well, that. and uh, he, he's got the goal there. I think it's just one of those things with him where, you know, it always feels like he's he's not far away from a goal. If they if they get it right in a game, you know, there, there's a decent chance that hit that he'll um, be on the score sheet. And a bit of a disappointment one, disappointing one, just to round off. Uh, Millwall, obviously, yeah. uh, you know, particularly with. Bristol City's set piece weakness. We thought that that would be a, a good game for them, and uh, yeah, to come away from a nil with a nil nil, um, I'm quite surprised by that. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I did debate Fleming. Yeah, he will. He was like serious consideration. So, well, we were going to buy him for the pod team until we realised we yeah. couldn't afford him. So. Yeah, we were just short, weren't we? So, yeah, we got Zohore instead, who yeah, got a point. Which so. uh, didn't make that much of a difference in the end. Um, but yeah, um, so that's it on those. Um, like I said, a couple of those teams, Burnley, West Brom, we've just talked so much about that we didn't really need to feature them in this, particularly in uh relatively uneventful games um so we'll go to the questions now um we've got a few of them them in uh today um so fplb has asked us um about who do you think is a better huddersfield asset homes or roads so i thought i'd use this as an opportunity to briefly discuss the huddersfield assets given that people seem to want us to talk about Huddersfield assets. I know they've won two on the bounce. I still don't really want to talk about Huddersfield assets. Um, For me, I think the best ones are either Ruffles defensively, in in large part because he's the cheapest one, or Jordan Rhodes. I think Jordan Rhodes is an option. The problem is the other strikers you've got available but he's ticking over, they've got good fixtures, and he's got the double coming up. So I'd prefer him over Holmes. I think Holmes is in one of those positions where he could get rotated in any given game. Um, Jordan Rhodes, particularly while Danny Ward is injured, I'm not sure how much longer that's going to be the case for. Um, Particularly if Danny Ward is going to miss any length of time. Um. Jordan Rhodes sort of will play up front, so I think that gives him an edge as well. 
Um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on Huddersfield. Um, I'm planning on playing probably Jeepers oh, Keepers. On Nichols, yeah. So, so obviously, I'm not thrilled about paying <laughs> six million for Nichols, but. I will do because it's yeah. cheap as keepers. So he's the only one. Luton do play Huddersfield, so I, I feel like I get well, I get to watch them, so I'll be able to see how they're lining up and things like that. I've been hearing good things about Rodoni, yes. uh, especially the manager seems very positive yeah. about him. So, and he, I know he's rated highly. He's come from Wimbledon. I know Luton were interested in him, so. I'm intrigued to see like if he's getting forward. Um, but I'm not thrilled by the double, so nickels I will get and I might add one more, but I'm not I'm not gonna be rushing out to get it, I think. Um yeah, I think I think Nichols was the sort of oversight for me. Um uh, George FPL has asked us any insight as to when the Luton Millwall game could be rearranged for take it this little chance of being arranged game week 26 to 30 so we talked about the possibility of it being rearranged in game week 28 I'm increasingly thinking that won't happen in part because we're getting to the stage now where the notice is getting very short for a rearrangement um, once it gets into the final set of games, it's it's less clear because you know they could then theoretically put it in at basically any point. Um, so if we don't, it could still go into game week twenty eight, but we'd have to hear very soon, probably in the next week or so, if it was going to go into game week twenty eight. If it doesn't, then it will be in the third set of uh, boosts, which is obviously then what what matters. Um, uh, Shagair has asked us um, should people be building for the Cov Hudsfield double game 28? I'm assuming people have one chip left it's a boost uh, to use mine being Jeepers Keepers how many Cov Hudsfield players should people be planning to get in by then? Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are on this Dan um, so I'm definitely going to have two Coventry. I've got Wilson and Victor. Might add a third. Um, not sure who, though. O'Hare might have been the tempter, but he's out. Um, and like I mentioned with Huddersfield, I'll, I'll have Nichols. I'm not feeling great about getting another one, but I could get like a cheap player. I've got Barlasa. I could just get like a Radoni or another midfielder and just hope they do something. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing there is like, you know, I, do, I don't really, I've got three Coventry at the moment. I've got Etienne Kamara on my bench from Huddersfield who's been left out for the last two games. So uh, that's going great. <laughs> but he was only 4.5. That was solely about being able to have the budget to make another move at the time. Um, so I've got the three Coventry. I've got Wilson, Allen and Victor. And I'll have Nichols for playing Jeepers Keepers. I'm not sure I'll buy anyone else because I'm not sure I'll want another player from Huddersfield. Um, I'm like, like I say, Jordan Rhodes theoretically, but I don't really want to sell any of my strikers. Um, and then sort of maybe a defender at a push at that point, but 
it would more be that maybe if an injury comes up for me, I might look to bring a Huddersfield player in. But um, I think, to be honest, if you've got three combined from the two teams, you're probably in a decent place. Any more than that, great. But like, you probably want to have at least two or three. Um, less than that, you're, you're losing, really. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's completely up to you at that point. Um, FPL Hindsight has asked and unfortunately Jamie isn't here he's asked uh, could Jamie please tell us who scored Swansea's fourth goal against Watford Um, I'm sure he's glad he's missed that question Um, for people who don't realise he's just asked uh, for Jamie to say Latibodia Uh, yeah um so yeah so that's that one <laughs> uh, fpl frustration has asked us what are your thoughts on the best captain and vice for this game week also in most weeks there doesn't seem to be an obvious best captain option should we consider keeping captaincy on the same player each week to avoid dodging the returns as i have been cheers gents i disagree slightly with the idea that there haven't been sort of you know standout captaincy options but i i understand what you're saying um, Dan, I don't know if you have any sort of particular thoughts about the best sort of captaincy shouts for this coming game week. Uh, so I've got three in mind and it they'll have my armbands. I just haven't fully decided which one. I've got, you've got NDI away at QPR. Um, he's on good form, quite reliable. I am worried if there is like a bench incoming, but... If, but Bernie's not fit. I just can't see it. Um, and they do have FA Cup after this game, so he might get rested then. Uh, Victor, home to Bristol City, great option. And Stewart away at Blackpool, he's had his bench in. Um, so those are the three. One will have the, the captain, one will have vice, and one will have emergency. I've just got to think about it. And going on about keeping captains the same, I'm I'm enjoying that there is variety this year. We've not got a Tony or a, a Mitrovic, or we do have Puki, but he's not been as explosive as he has previous seasons. So it feels like more skillful to get your captaincy right. And I got the Akpon um, hat trick. I've now followed it up with an NDI, so you can make massive gains if you you start hitting your captaincies right. I don't know how what you think about that aspect of it. Yeah, definitely. I think you know it's it introduces extra of both skill and luck, which uh, always makes things more fun or less fun if you're if you're then getting it wrong. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's 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 more interesting for sure. Um, in terms of some other captaincy options, as the other thing I was just thinking there, um, I think you've got Estupinian, genuinely, against Wigan. Yeah. Um, you've got Fleming, again, I know some people captained him, against Rotherham. Um, or, or a Bradshaw, but, you know. Um, I think, you know, like you said, I think Victor and Stewart and Ndiaye are three great captaincy picks this week. Um Would you- Morris Huddersfield. 
yeah, I think that's a decent one. Um, I wouldn't hate it as well if people wanted to put an armband on Bree. Yeah. I think he'll play centre-back, though, so... Yeah, but even so, I mean, he's got bonus playing centre-back, so... Uh... <laughs> centre-back in a 3-0 win for Lewin. Yeah. Um, but the, the number of times you see him even playing right centre-back and he's off on a mad overlapping run on the right-hand side. You see sort of like, you could see Doughty sort of, you know, having the ball on the right-hand side and there was Bree overlapping it and it was great. Yeah. Um, so that will happen at times, I guess. But yeah, I think um, it's probably a bit more of a sort of quote-unquote reliable pick. Um, Are you going to mention Pookie? Yeah, I mean... I. <laughs> The way Watford look, it's not the worst idea. Um, it won't be for me, but um, I I don't think it's the worst idea. Um, you know, it's, it, things clearly aren't right at Watford at the moment, and um, it, it will be an opportunity for Pookie. Um, so it feels like a massively open captaincy this week. Yeah, so. I, I think, and, you know... Even then, because it's so hard to read a team like Swansea, don't yeah. know if the Burnley players are a good option or not. It's just, which would probably make me lean more towards those other guys that I do think are good options because that one is harder to read. Um, same to a degree with Middlesbrough against Birmingham. Um, I think yeah. away at Birmingham doesn't scream captaincy to me this season. So um, I'd, I'd probably steer clear of them, for example. Um, FPL Commander has asked us uh, any suggestions of good Kamara replacements, please. Thinking Kessler of Huddersfield, is he a good pick with the double game week coming up? Any others you would recommend? Um, I'd suggest listening to our last pod because I think we reeled off about 10 to 15 defenders as Kamara, yeah. as potential Kamara replacements. Um, you know, it, it, it depends on who you've got, you know, Jones, Giles. Matson, um, Ahmed Hodzic, um, you know, even we were saying someone like Powell, uh, maybe Doughty, um, I'd say maybe one of the Coventry guys if you're not already tripled up with the view to the double. Um, it's easy to look at Huddersfield, but if you're not already tripled up, one of them, uh, probably Panzo or Bidwell, um, and a, a West Brom defender. Um, but in terms of Kessler um, or Kessler Hayden, sure. <laughs> um, I can't remember how cheap he is, but um, you know he's 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 got two returns in two. So uh, yeah, there are worse options, particularly if you're looking for the double. Point nine. Yeah, that's not that's not terrible. Um, then you got the ruffles at four five. Yeah, um, I wouldn't necessarily be suckered in by the fact he's got two returns in two, either. Um, as we learned, Preston away is one of the best games you can have, and then Rotherham at home. Um, it's uh, it, it it all depends whether they can carry that on now, but hopefully not. Yeah, you could do worse, but you could also do better. Um, and AD Tor with the final question for us has asked, um, with O'Hare out, should I just avoid getting a third Coventry asset until the double, as think his absence could be make a big difference? 
So I think that that is worth bearing in mind. I think that's a very real consideration. Um, I, I think it's totally fair to sort of want to get more information about how they look without him. Um, I don't know what you think, Dan. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to rush to another Coventry. Uh, I might not even bring another one in. I've got Wilson, got Victor. No one really jumps out. But like any other game week, you'll probably get a player that gets like 10 to 20 points. But it's just, I don't know who it's going to be at the minute. Yeah, I mean, best guess, if you you really wanted one, and if you're looking out for potential ones, like I said, maybe Panzo or Bidwell, the other one I'd look out for is Gustavo Harmer. Because he's on a a lot of the set pieces as well. So um, it's another potential sort of route to both returns and bonus. So uh, if you're looking out for guys, I'd I'd maybe um, watch how he does. Um, But we'll round out the pod with the predictions. Um, I think we're we're doing okay for time. Yeah, we've been going for just under an hour. So uh, rounding out with the predictions will be fine. Um, So starting off on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Uh, With Blackburn against Cardiff. Blackburn out of the go Gallagher I'm going to say Blackburn even though it doesn't sort of thrill me to say it um, and I'm going to say Hedges uh, Blackpool Sunderland Sunderland Stewart yeah, I think particularly after he was, he got the rest in uh, the last game. It's it's got to be Sunderland and Stewart for me. Uh, Coventry, Bristol City. Victor Coventry. Yeah, um, I think <laughs> that feels like the obvious answer at this point as well. Uh, Huddersfield, Luton. Luton. It's hard to look past Boris after his performance. <laughs> but it, it could be like a frustrating game, though. So, I, I, like, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, a Bree, just even if we win, like, 1 0, Bree just gets top bonus and clears up. So, I'm going to go Luton and Morris, but it, it could easily be like a Bree or a yeah. Dowie. I think those are the sorts of coin tosses for me as well. I'm going to go Luton and Bree. Um, Millwall, Rotherham. Millwall, and I'm gonna go Murray Wallace again. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Millwall and I'm gonna go Fleming. Um... Birmingham against Middlesbrough. Draw. And I'm going to go Jones. It'll be, it'll be like nil-nil or something, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding this one really tough to sort of you know, envisage, like I say, particularly with Birmingham being the home team. Um, I'm going to tip Middlesbrough to edge it. And I'm going to say... Giles. Uh, Norwich Watford. 
Oh, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> this feels like a complete guess, doesn't it? This feels like a game Watford turn up in and then like three 0 if they want to. I'm gonna go draw, and I'm gonna go. No idea. I'm gonna go Pookie just because I think like it might be like a one-one or something. Yeah, I'm, I think Norwich win this game. Um, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Josh Sargent. I think he he looked good in uh, the game tonight. Um, he looked busy, and I think he could have some joy down that side of Watford's team. Um, Stoke against Preston. Preston a good away. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. It, this could be anything, could it? <laughs> I'm gonna go draw and I'm gonna go Jacob Brown. Yeah, I think it's a draw for me as well. Um I'm gonna go with Ben Whiteman. Um, Swansea against Burnley. I think Burnley hammer them, and I'm gonna go Zahore. Yeah, I'm going Burnley and Zahore. Uh, West Brom Reading. Ooh. Can Reading frustrate? No, West Brom, Jed Wallace. I think this game could be a tough watch for. Well, for the fans, but particularly for the neutral. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say West Brom edge it. I'm going to say Connor Townsend. Uh, Wigan against Hull. Massive game. Um, Wigan. And I'm going to go Keane. Uh, I'm going on the other side of it. Um, I'm going to say Hull, and I'm going to say Estupinian. And QPR against Sheffield United. I have to go Sheffield United after what I saw. <laughs> and I'm going to go... Billy Sharp. Um, I'm going to say Sheffield United as well. And uh, I think this could finally be the game. If you've seen some of the positions he's been taking up recently... I think this could be the game where Amit Hodzic goes big. Um, yeah, he's, he's one of my favourites in terms of he just ends up in the penalty area in open play and you're like, what the hell is he doing there? But in the best way when you are in. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think, it, I think it, he'll uh, he'll get a return in that one. Um, but that's all of it. That's the roundup and the predictions. Um, we will be back with you sometime next week. Um it's not quite as urgent, obviously, uh, with it being FA Cup next weekend, uh, but we will still do a game week review for you next week. Um, we'll let you know in due course when that will be. Uh, we obviously have to sort of work that out between us. Um, and yeah, good luck in the game week. Um, I hope you will do slightly worse than me. Um, and with that, I'll say goodbye. Goodbye. Unbelievable! Unbelievable!